0: Hi, travelers. You can listen to us on your travels on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. Make sure you check out our link tree in the description of this episode, where you can find the links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. Okay, today is Friday, July 7th. Uh, NBA news, uh, pretty much dominating the sports world. Uh, MLB slowing down for the All-Star uh, for the All Star break. Uh, NFL Really, nothing's happening much in the NFL world. But all right, boys, we'll start with the uh, NBA free agency. We're kind of in that time of the year where not much is going on, and we have to make mountains out of molehills. Uh, Dame Lillard, for sure, biggest name right now on in the sports world, making making news. Uh, came out, I think, uh, Tuesday or Monday, like a day after free agency was announced, that like he came out that he does officially want to trade. Yeah, from uh, Portland. Do you think there's any chance you can actually go to Miami, guys? Yeah, I certainly
1: think there's a chance. We're seeing now with more player control and NBA circles that pretty much whatever the player wants, the player is going to get. And I think it's probably going to be something similar here. I know Portland, they have a business to run and they got to get the best deal they possibly can. But if no other team is going to be willing to engage with Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard's reps are apparently unwilling to engage with anybody else, eventually, what? You don't want an unhappy player still stuck on your roster. He knows where he wants to go. We've seen this movie play out over and over again in the NBA. Damian Lillard's going to end up as a member of the Miami Heat. It's just a matter of when at this point. I don't know who else would even step in and they view him as a potential yeah. suitor. I guess the Sixers is the other reported option. I'm surprised he wouldn't want to go to Philly, but I guess if they're going to train James Harden, then I understand that. But no, Dame is going to end up being a member of the Miami Heat. It's just a matter of when, not
0: if. The problem is for Portland is that he's I don't think Portland's gonna be able to get what uh Dame is worth. That's that's gonna be the problem. And I think Joe Cronin, uh general manager for Portland, he's gonna end up coming down pretty bad on this because yeah. there's no way he's gonna mm-hmm. be able to get what uh Damian Lillard's worth. I mean I think it right now it's kind of weird. I don't think there's any I mean the Suns made moves this off season Obviously, the Mavericks re-signed Kyrie. And I just don't really see any teams that are going to be going all in or, more importantly, have the money to be going all in right now. And then on the other side of things, there's a lot of teams that really don't have a whole lot to give Portland in order to make up for what Dame's worth. I mean, the best offer Miami can make right now, I think, is, I, I read earlier, two first-round picks, but they wouldn't be until 2028 and 2030. Um, they would you know, have first-round pick swaps for the next upcoming years, which, I mean, might only be moving up two or three spaces. That, that wouldn't be a whole lot. They can offer them Nikola Jovic, uh, Jamie Jacquez, uh, the They're obviously their hero. Uh,
1: and they're not interested in hero. they have come mm-hmm. out and said that.
0: Really? I mean, it's just not a whole lot Miami can offer. And I, I feel bad for Portland fans, ultimately, because at the end of the day, like I said, they're not going to really get what Dame Lillard's worth and out of his contract. I think it's, what, like four years, hundred hundred and fifty 67 million? Roughly.
1: I I think, though, Portland should do right by Dame. I think he's been loyal enough to them over the years. Everybody's gone in free agency or requested a trade. Dame has given Portland plenty of time to build a competitive roster around him. And I think he's, if you're treating a guy who's maybe the greatest player in franchise history, it's him, Clyde Drexler, Bill Walton. But players around the league are going to notice if Portland does not trade Damian Lillard where he wants to go and does not do right by him. So I think the Blazers, technically they don't owe him anything, but they should treat Damian Lillard and give him exactly pretty much what he wants because he's given everything to that organization.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I think you got to, you got to move on from him now, especially with the team in rebuilding, getting Scoot Henderson in the draft and, Having all those guards, basically, so I think mm-hmm. I think they should move on from Dame Lillard. The Heat don't really have too much to offer right now, especially with some of their roster, even uh, you know restricted free agents signing elsewhere. But um, yeah, that's pretty much all they can give up yeah. is first round picks, maybe a couple bench players here and there. But uh, that's why the trade is not going on. But it's also weird when you're hearing. Uh so many reports come out, the player's unhappy, the player wants to go to Miami. It's just a lot of conflicting yeah. reports.
0: Do you guys what is the timeline do you guys think for this? I personally think it's gonna be a lot like Durant last year, where it's not gonna happen before the season starts yeah. and it's gonna happen sometime like a month or two into the season once teams start to get desperate. And, uh, you know, Portland might be able to go lax on their expectations a little bit. I don't. Yeah. So you guys think the same thing. I don't think it's going to happen anytime yeah, soon. Yeah,
1: that's kind of my thought on this is I, I think it, the Kevin Durant situation is the perfect example. I think Portland eventually they're going to have they're going to fold like they're going to have to just take what they can get. I don't think they're going to tr- be able to successfully trade Dame during the offseason. I think he's going to start the year as a Blazer. He's certainly not going to end the regular season as a blazer i think within a month or two he gets traded but i i would be a little surprised if they traded him in free agency or not free agency in the off season because of how far apart the sides are right now but as you know the trade deadline nears portland you gotta get something for him so the the deal will become a lot easier to make when portland's trade demands are probably going to be significantly lower around the deadline than they are right now
0: These contracts, though, uh, just going on to other teams and other players are uh, (laughs) astonishing just how big these contracts have gotten in the NBA. I mean, Michael Jordan, we've all seen the memes on Twitter right now. Michael Jordan, over his entire career from, you know, 84 to 2003, made, I think, like $94 slightly short of that. And then, you know, you have these players uh, making, I mean, jeremy grant just got paid five years 160 million fred van fleet uh three years uh just under one or you know 128 and a half uh kyrie irving three years 126 million i mean you got these players that are making so much money i know now they're not getting the same sponsorship deals that michael jordan had and that's where michael jordan made most of his money but it's amazing just how much the bar has gone up i mean that that's not inflation i mean making that much money compared just what 20 years ago that's a that's too much of an increase to blame inflation I just think it's amazing just how much the bars have gone up for these players and uh for these deals and a lot of
2: guaranteed money too in the NBA that's for sure
0: yeah I mean mm-hmm. it's just it really is amazing I think um you know Draymond Green going back uh to the Warriors four million uh four years 100 million I mean they're basically paying for defense at that point. Yeah, uh, Draymond, Draymond Green does not supply much offense. Uh, and Dylan Brooks even got paid despite how he appeared in the playoffs. I mean, four years, 80 million. It's just I'm just throwing out numbers at this point, but it really is just amazing.
1: Best <laughs> job in the world right now is a middle of the pack NBA player. These guys are getting paid like they're franchise legends and they're not. They're they're middle of the pack at best. They're bench players. like And the, as you mentioned, the number one thing, these contracts are guaranteed. Unlike the NFL, those are not guaranteed contracts. So, you mm-hmm. know what? You know, Dylan Brooks, everybody made the jokes, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. Well, apparently he doesn't have to learn Chinese because he's still getting $20 million a year. And after all the jokes and all the memes, he's still in a pretty good financial position. And so, yeah, if you can get a job in the NBA, that might be the best job in all of sports if you're an athlete. you 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 built your kids, you grow them up to be NBA players.
0: I mean, I'll take even a bench player as hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, Best bench- job in the world. Yeah. You don't have any pressure on you to succeed every single day. If you show up and have a big game, then you're the hero, and you're getting paid $20 million a year.
0: Exactly. You have no expectations on you. Exactly. I mean, you get paid. Even, like I said, the 12th man on the roster still gets paid hundreds of thousands. So you basically get paid – millions more 90 you know yeah more than 99 percent of americans you still get paid higher salary just to be in shape that's, that's a better good. job than being that's chase daniel the
1: career backup who's made like 50 million dollars and started four games i think
0: yeah i mean it's it's crazy though i mean the salary cap has become pretty much i mean the whole strategy of trying to save up salary cap it's interesting i think is showing that it's being pretty ineffective eight teams enter the offseason with real cap space this summer i mean Pistons used their cap space to take Joe Harris and Monte Morris. It, that was salary dumps. Thunder used their cap space to take on Devis Bertans' uh, big contract. Uh, Orlando did nothing but overpay Joe Ingles this offseason. Jazz <laughs> used up their space to salary dump again on John Collins. It's kind of interesting. I, I think a lot it, – It's it. I mean, the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, that is coming in through with the NBA and the players association that might change this. But for now, it really does seem the strategy of saving up these big cap spaces is kind of being outdated all. It really is turning into is just teams severely outpaying these players. And, um, you know, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I mean, is it kind of at the days of just cap space saving is kind of over because we're seeing that teams really aren't doing much with it. Yep. So it's, it's it's crazy. But winners, any uh, particular winners you guys think of uh, so far for the NBA trade deadline?
1: Yeah, I think right now the team I'm looking at, they didn't make a splashy move necessarily, but I think the Lakers. Get, mm-hmm. Keeping Rye Hachimura, getting uh, Gabe Vincent from Miami, keeping Austin Reeves. And that was the big free agency move everybody was wondering about with the Lakers. Were they going to be able to keep Austin Reeves with this breakout season? They're able to do that. They've gotten younger. And this is a team that's now really deep. They're a younger team outside of LeBron and outside of Anthony Davis. And they went 19-8 and after the All-Star break last year, of course, got to the Western Conference Finals. And Rob Palenka now has a strategy of, you know, we need to get younger. We have to make moves that we can resign these guys. And they're already doing that. And so they're going to go into next year as a top four or five team minimum in the Western Conference. I know Phoenix gets the publicity because they got Bradley Beal, but I don't really see a whole lot of depth on that team. Outside of Denver, I don't really feel that confident saying this team is definitively better than the Lakers going in next year, provided we continue to get the same version of LeBron that we've gotten for the last even three or four years, much less his old 20-year career. So I think the Lakers really did a great job of getting their guys back, which I think a lot of people anticipated that they were not going to be able to do.
0: Phoenix Suns kind of, I think they're my winner so far. I mean, we all know they got Bradley Beal. Uh, they got Eric Gordon, too, two years, $6 million, which actually is kind of a steal, I think. Um, yeah. But they got they got bench players, too. <laughs> they definitely increased their bench. Uh, they have a lot more, they're, they're, like, like the Lakers, Zach, uh, they definitely signed up some names that is going to give them some uh, uh, depth on the bench. And honestly, <laughs> they got rid of Chris Paul, which I think is going to be huge <laughs> for them. We all said it on past shows how Chris Paul did not fit in that system really that much and i think he was actually kind of a detriment to the team we all saw it last year how when they were in the playoffs the Suns were winning when chris paul was on the bench and they were losing when chris paul was playing so i think uh just getting bradley beal uh kind of like a as a trade out for chris paul is going to be massive and like i said they just got a bigger bench now too which is going to obviously help them just anyone you think uh for a winner that we did not mention me and zach I would go with Memphis, even though mm-hmm. with the John ja
2: Morant situation, they did get Marcus Smart. They did bring back Dylan Brooks, I believe. And you know, Memphis is definitely an underrated team, even though with the John ja Morant situation, they they got some debt. They got some debt, that's for sure. And yeah. uh I think they're gonna be they're gonna be a decent team. We'll yeah, see obviously got... how the Morant situation affects them.
0: Yeah, they they got Grant Williams for a steal. Four years, fifty uh 54 million mm-hmm. uh definitely I uh definitely got him for a steal. Uh so he's going to make a big contribution and then obviously getting Kyrie back was massive. We all know how temperamental he can be every single year and being able to get him uh they're going to be an exciting team to watch next year as well. Any losers you guys have th- uh so far? Uh this uh free agency I know it's kind of early on but any any losers you guys have so far?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raptors, and not necessarily because they lost Fred Van Vliet, but now you have to look toward the future. Now you don't have Fred Van Vliet, who had a great NBA finals a few years ago. It's been a steady presence on their roster, but now you have to look toward the future with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Those guys, are they going to be able to re-sign them? And if they don't, and they try to trade them, they won't have nearly the trade value that they had a year ago, because the Raptors really didn't do a whole lot last season. They've been kind of a struggling franchise, and I think it's about time for a rebuild. You know, they've had some of the remnants of the twenty nineteen championship team and they've still been competitive, but last year they kind of fell off and now it just seems like it's time to blow it up, time to start all over again. I think the Raptors are kind of a loser right
0: now. How about you, yeah. Justin, anyone you wanna throw in there as a loser? I could say
2: the Celtics. I mean, they lost definitely Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. Uh they they're definitely you know, now they got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown also, not free agents this year, but in the next year or two, their, their contracts are up. I know they're probably going to keep them or maybe even let them walk, but the Celtics are definitely, you know, they're losing pieces this offseason.
0: Mm-hmm. Not Joel Embiid? You don't want to go with Joel Embiid as a loser? <laughs> Still can't find that co-host mm-hmm. yeah. to, to run it. I mean, we, Ben Simmons was a bust. Uh, I mean, they virtually um, ran uh, out of town Markel Fultz. That was a while, while back. I mean, they ran out of town Jimmy Butler, uh, uh, you know, James Harden wants out now. <laughs> so I just, I feel bad for Joel Embiid to be completely honest. He's not really, he's on a team, obviously he's a player, but just can't find that uh, co-host to, to run things with always, they, they, they always think they find the guy, the Sixers, and then they end up uh, underperforming or being divas or just one out or mm-hmm. all of the above really. And Joel Embiid in his prime, obviously, I mean, that's obvious. Just one MVP last season. They're not giving him the help he needs. And I feel bad for Embiid because right. if, if he had some help mm-hmm. around him, obviously would be able to, 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 they're really, a mess right now. The really Sixers Embiid are just, uh, they're
2: yeah. a, yep. They're yeah. a hot mess right now.
1: I think they're a cold mess by now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah
0: But um, Maybe right. the
1: Nuggets They kind of lost a little bit Because Bruce Brown's No longer there And Jeff Green's No longer there So their depth Isn't quite the same But yeah. I mean mm-hmm. As long as you've got That core You're probably still Going into next year As the favorite In the Western Conference And I guess one, A team I don't really classify them As a winner or loser But kind of a myth Golden State I don't really know If Chris Paul The addition makes him better Uh, Draymond Green Obviously passed his prime I think I kind of think The Warriors have They're done I don't think they're winning any more championships with the current core that they've got.
0: Yeah. Which is a shame. Could you talk about someone in their prime like Steph Curry? Uh, I mean, he definitely was not wasted. He no. won, won titles and they got used out of him for sure. But I can't, I can't see Steph Curry staying happy if uh, they have another season like they did last year. I don't think uh,
1: Steph ever leads Golden State. Oh really? No, uh, I no, think I he's going to be kind of the modern version of Tim Duncan.
0: I don't no. think he's leaving. It'll be interesting. We'll 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 see what happens. But, yeah, Bruce Brown left Denver to go to Indiana. Two years, forty five million. Which that's a that's a big contract. If you want to talk about a yeah. winner, <laughs> that yeah. might be one of the you biggest. For sure. As far as players go, as winners, I mean, yeah. What av- what is that? An average of uh, 22 and a half Yeah, I'm not, a year. Yeah, twenty two and a half in a year. That's yeah. You talk about winners. Good um, job if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, if only my next life. Yeah. New New breaks resolutions. uh, Justin, what's your new week? Who, who, or what is your new week's resolution this week? Well, my new week's resolution will go to the Walt
2: Disney Company. They really need to start breaking things up over there with ESPN, ABC. Obviously, with Marvel Entertainment, they just own so much entertainment. They they need to start breaking things up, especially at ESPN uh, with the layoffs with Neil Everett, Susie Colbert, Steve Young, and Many other big personalities on ESPN, even on ESPN radio, they really need to start giving these companies back their independence. I know the Money Talks, Disney, one of the biggest, probably the biggest company in the United States right now. But I think uh, I think ESPN really needs to start, really needs a rebrand, starting at the top and, of course, with their personalities, obviously, yeah. you know, would be great to rehire these people, but I just don't think they're they're probably going to go. Uh, probably going to go back, but right, right. we'll see what happens.
0: I'm going to go with I kind of dig for mine, but I'm going to go with two this week. One going off of the uh, NBA free agency so far, Villanova, Villanova Wildcats. That's my new week's resolution. One of them. Ah, uh, they are having a big reunion. Ah, uh, Vincenzo joined Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart next year on the Knicks. So that's basically a Villanova re- reunion uh, next year for uh, the Knicks. That, that's going to be kind of fun to watch. I just thought that was going kind of be interesting to, to mention. My other new week's resolution is Wimbledon. Uh, specifically Wimbledon taking an hour longer than it should have on a weather delay. Uh, definitely had the fish a little bit this week. Not much going on in the sports world. But on Monday's match, uh, Nick, Novak Djokovic had a wet weather delay that lasted basically an hour than it longer than it should have happened uh there was a light light rain coming down uh, they were on center court so they had that retractable roof uh, they say that once the roof closes it should only take a half an hour to restart play and uh it ended up taking i think over like 80 minutes before they restarted play and the players were complaining the fans were complaining and uh, i'm actually very surprised how uh much of an uproar uproar they had on social media about it as well I guess there's just not much to complain about or talk about right now in the sports world, but that's my uh, new week's resolution. Next time, maybe close the roof a little faster. Uh, and then you wouldn't get so much backlash uh, for the tennis fans out there that they, that they got on social media. <laughs> Zach, who is your uh, new week's resolution? Yeah,
1: I've got two of them as well. One of them's kind of serious. The other's not one is the NBA in season tournament. You need to do a much better job of uh promoting it like saying that the stats don't count in the championship game then why are these guys even playing what is the point why are, you're trying to get people to care about a regular season tournament like you know the mold i guess they're going after a soccer that has all these various champions league stuff and all that but it's just not gonna work it doesn't work that way in american sports people don't it's no different like in soccer they're in very different leagues or in different circumstances so it means something to win that league nobody cares about the in-season NBA tournament are we going to hang a banner for that is there going to be a trophy for that are we going to have major stats for it like I'm I, I get that the NBA is trying to make the regular season matter again but I don't really think that this is the way to do it and so I just think it's a bad idea waiting to happen and you're doing it in December you guess what's going on in December football mm-hmm. people are not going to pay attention so Bad move by the NBA. You you want to do that instead of the All-Star game? I might listen to you. Do it during football season? I'm not paying attention. And the other one, uh, security team of Victor Wimbiyama. Britney Spears. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Like... That's not a regular average Joe walking up trying to get Victor Wembiama's attention. It's Britney freaking Spears. This is one of the biggest celebrities in the world. And you could argue that in 2000, she was the most famous person on the planet. And if she wants to get a picture with Victor Wembiama, who's proven nothing at this point in the NBA, you might want to allow Britney Spears to go ahead and take a picture with her instead of slapping her so hard that she files a police report. You can apologize. This is Britney we're talking about. Come on.
0: It's almost one of those stories that you wonder if like, they planted it just to get the hype up even more. With,
1: right. Because I happened. thought it was a parody when I first, I'm like, no way this, this ain't real.
0: Yeah. And then it it's, it's always funny too, because you, you hear so many different reports on like Twitter and it, it, in social media, it's kind of like a whisper down the lane type of scenario where you end up hearing so many different stories. And you don't even know which one's true anymore. Right. But yeah, no, it's, I, I think it might've even been something they planted just to kind of get the hype up Uh, with, not that he needs any more hype, but you know, People aren't really talking about him right now. I think they want the Spurs and just the NBA in general, definitely want people to keep talking about him leading up into the season to keep that hype going. And, you know, you, you never really know if, with stories like these, if you know what's planned, what's not planted. But but yeah, I I yeah, I agree. You can't do that to Brittany. Free Britney again. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go to a uh, interview uh with USA Today columnist bomb. Uh columnist excuse me bob nightingale nightingale uh great great mid-season mlb review uh what to look out for uh next half of the season and even kind of retouch base with the all-star game coming up as well but yeah uh great interview with him and we'll just go there right now uh, again bob nightingale uh usa today baseball columnist and uh yeah here is bob Hey, we now welcome on Bob Nightingale, baseball columnist for USA today. Bob, how you doing? We have had you on I think uh back way back in March, I think to talk about the World Baseball Classic. It's been a long time. How you been? Yeah, good.
3: good. Look forward good. to going to Seattle for the All-Star game and finish up the first half.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So, it's been kind of a weird baseball season so far. Um teams that spent a lot of money this off not doing so well. And then teams that notoriously don't spend that much money doing very well. I mean, Tampa Bay Rays, one of the, I mean, for example, one of the teams that spend very little money each year, I think they're actually one of the lowest spending teams uh, this upcoming season. And they're the best team in baseball. And you got the Mets and the Padres spending close to, you know, millions of dollars on their roster and they're at the bottom of the pack. So just what has just been going on this year as far as these teams that have spent this money and that haven't been able to really perform and give what their fans need?
3: Yeah. So it's become a young man's game. And uh, I think with the new rules too, the uh, young athletic teams have taken advantage of it. Uh, so yeah, you're right. So you, you see teams like Tampa Bay, uh, Baltimore, Arizona, Cincinnati, uh, small market teams who are, uh, you know, running wild and, on the, on the base pass and making things happen where, uh, yeah, I am mean, here in the Mets and Padres, the same record, you know, five games below 500. They ended the uh, final weekend of the uh, first half against each other. So both teams are starting to play better, but both teams severely underachieving. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think if either team, particularly the Padres, miss the playoffs, I think it may go down as the most underachieving team in baseball history.
0: Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Padres are. Uh, I think I think they're out of playoff contention as of right this, right, right, as of right now. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. It's, yeah. I um, mean,
3: you know, contention is like within five games, so neither team's within five games of a playoff birth. Yeah, you I know, think it's gonna happen. And we saw the Washington Nationals, you know, two thousand nineteen. We saw the Phillies last year. You know, they made the World Series and they were uh, dead and buried too. So yeah, you never you never know. Can't count anybody out, or uh, not too many teams out at this point. But Yeah, been uh, grossly achievers for sure.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So, out of the teams that I did mention uh that had high hopes, Mets, Padres, Dodgers are certainly in there. <laughs> Yankees, less extent. I mean, Aaron Judge has been out all season. I think the Yankees also have the have had the toughest record so far. What out of all these teams that have under that have been underperforming so far, which of those teams do you really expect to make a second uh a second uh second uh, half push. Second half run, thank you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I would think the uh I think the Yankees, you know, when they get judge back, they should get a wild card spot. They're not gonna knock off Tampa. They're not gonna surpass Baltimore, but I think they'll be in. Uh Philadelphia, you know, they're doing like they did a year ago. Start taking off about a month ago. I think they get in. Uh we'll see if the Mets and Padres. I think the Padres miss out. I'd be curious to see. If the Padres don't change their fate in here, you know, what do they do? You know, do they try to trade Swan Soto again? Do they trade Josh Hader? <clears throat> uh, I don't see the Mets doing that. I think, you know, they could trade away, you know, Tommy Pham and those type of guys on expiring contracts. But uh very curious to see what happens to Padres if nothing changes here in the next, uh, you know, three weeks.
0: You mentioned young teams and then young teams making a resurgence in the MLB. Um <laughs> Let's talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks. Lost 110 games back in 2021, only two years ago, and now they're up top the AL West, uh, NL West, excuse me. Are they the most exciting team, or would you actually put that more on the Reds? I mean, who, who, in your opinion, has really been just the most exciting team to really watch this year?
3: I'll put the Reds the last month for sure. You know, ever since Ali de La Cruz got there, I think they're 21-5. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, overall, I'd probably put, you know, the uh, Diamondbacks right there is exciting, you know, maybe behind Baltimore because Baltimore even has uh, more young kids than Arizona does. Uh, Marlins have been very exciting too, but yeah, certainly uh Dimebacks are in that conversation, particularly with that outfield and they can chase down any ball. Uh, great speed. And, you know, Corbin Carroll, you know, by, you know, rookie of the year, no matter what he does the second half.
0: Yeah. Um, Definitely. I think they've been a very fun team to watch. Uh, I actually was just in Lexington for a little bit, living there for a little bit, and had a lot of hype with the Reds. People are very excited out there to see them and what they've been able to do. Uh, We've actually just had, last week, uh, we had on Bill Dennison talking about the Reds and just how he's really ignited the city of uh, Cincinnati and uh, how Cincinnati is (laughs) definitely a sports town to be looking out for these days with the Bengals and how they've been playing the last four or five years, Joe Burrow now. The, the reds have have joined the mix as well um cardinals uh, st louis cardinals um obviously made the wild card last year had a horrible start to the season 10 and 24 could they i mean could they have a losing season this this year i mean it would be the first time since 2007 uh they just did not seem to really come back from that horrible start they had uh when they went 10 and 24 and do you really do you see them having a losing season and if so i mean what what does this team have to do to kind of bounce back to get back to their winning ways
3: yeah i think they're gonna have the worst season since uh, at least 1999 if not uh even before that so i do expect them to have a losing season you're buried themselves too big of a hole uh they played okay ball since the stat bad start but they don't have the pitching uh I didn't count on Adam Wainwright to bounce back or be the same guys a year ago. That hasn't happened. expected Jack Flaherty to be the starter he was a few years ago. That hasn't happened. Uh, the bullpen's been a mess. So, you know, even though it's a very weak division, uh, I don't see him you know, being a uh, fighting back and getting this thing. I just think they're too short. Uh I'll be curious to see what they're doing with the deadline. With the Jordan Montgomery, uh, you know, with the uh, Jordan Hicks, their closer. You know, those type of guys. Not Goldschmidt or Renato, but I think they uh, kind of retool for next year.
0: I hate to ask you all these general questions, but, I mean, we kind of already touched on it, but who has really just been one of the most surprising teams to you this year? Not not exciting, not disappointing, but just, just overall just surprising. And that could be good or bad.
3: Well, I think, uh, you know, I mean, definitely surprising is Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I can't remember the last time I've seen a team lose 100 games one year, stink the first, you know. Two months and then just turn it around like they have, uh, so they got to be number one in surprises. Certainly, what the Dimaks are doing, you thought, okay, be competitive. I thought they're one year away. The pitching would hold them down. They've been struggling up late, but still sitting in first place, barely in the in the National League West. Uh, got through the Miami Marlins in that picture. Uh, I thought the Orioles would make it, you know, nice better improvement, but not be, you know, not being this good. Then you know, on the flip end, you know certainly the Mets and the uh, Padres about you know, are top of the list as far as disappointments. Uh, particularly the Padres, so I think they have eleven All Stars. That team is almost, you know, World Series or bust. Everybody's picking to win the division. You know, I did too. And uh, but yeah, it's amazing just a uh, you know how bad they've been.
2: How surprised are you with the AL Central? How the how weak that division has been?
3: I mean, it was you know. The week last year, except for, you know, Cleveland finally took off kind mm-hmm. of second half and down the stretch ran away with it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, really, it's just a two-team race now with the, uh, you know, Minnesota and, and Cleveland. I still like the Guardians. Uh, they've been mildly disappointing. Uh, the, you know, the pitching's the, uh, been solid. The offense have been a mess. I still expect them to come on and, and make the playoffs and, and win the division. I mean, the Twins have got great starting pitching. Uh, but Cleveland's got pitching everywhere, and they just need a better are bat. Are you surprised
0: by Minnesota's record? Uh, currently uh, 45 and 43, uh, just over 500. I mean, they have arguably one of the best pitching st- – they have the best pitching roster arguably in all of baseball. That uh, That's both starting and really the bullpen. So are you kind of surprised by their record they have, especially being in such a weak division?
3: you know, I thought they'd be right around, you know, 85, you know, 88 win teams. That's about right. Uh, you know, I, I am surprised, you know, that Carlos Correa, you know, has not played well, you know, Buxton hasn't done anything, you know, the uh, Lewis has got hurt again. So I'm surprised by that. Uh, particularly Correa, you know, I mean, he was going to get $350 million for the giants, you know, $315 million from the Mets. So luckily for them, that didn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens in the second half. But yeah, they should take advantage of that pitching for sure because they, you know, that that doesn't stay around too long.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at their batting average right now. I think uh the Twins are 24th in the league in their batting average at mm-hmm. uh you know, just just under 0. .23. So uh yeah, that's it's just the hitting. It just can't they just can't have that offense. But like I said, the pitching, I think, really is the best in the league. I think they have the best ERA right now at uh, just over 3.5. Uh, so, that I mean, definitely pitching is off, on par for them. It's just if they can get that hitting and batting and offense in general just under control going into the second half of the season. They should be in good shape, and we'll see what they can do, especially being in such a weak division, like I said. What um, And I know you kind of already alluded to it with the – with the potentially the Padres and then the Phillies as well, is there any particular team that you would not be surprised that they had a really really good second half?
3: You know, I would have said the Cardinals like maybe a week ago, ten days ago, but I just think they're too deep, too deep of a hole, and they lose so many games in Miami that they should have won. So uh, you know, right now I, I think the Yankees will have a, a strong second half. I think you know now that you can get you know Rondon back. You can get Judge back here pretty soon. So the uh, one team interesting to watch for Seattle Mariners terrible first half, and you know, they finally ended their playoff drought last year. They have a great great starting rotation. I wouldn't be surprised to see them step up you know their game and make a playoff push.
0: Yeah, currently four games back from uh, the top. Wild, from a wild card spot, uh, my uh, Seattle Mariners. Uh, definitely a team to look out for. I know, I think last year they were also kind of a team that bounced back in the second half of the season, right? If I'm not not mistaken, I think last year they also started the season off pretty slow and then were able to get things together going in the second half of the season.
3: Yeah, they made a big push down the stretch where they were actually fighting for uh, the division title for a while. But yeah, they they did the same thing last year. Uh, But yeah, this, this, this team should be better than it's playing for sure.
0: Let's uh let's go back to the Mets. Um, have the highest payroll right now in MLB, which is not surprising. We all know what they were doing in the offseason. Just and right now, I, they're are six and a half games behind a wild card wild card spot in the National League. What what's going to happen in New York if this team doesn't even make the playoffs? I mean, just the amount of money they spent this off and the expectations they had going into this season is it, would you call it Unacceptable? I mean, what what do you even expect the fans to say to this team that had so much high hopes?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's the largest payroll in, in baseball history. Uh, you throw in the hmm. uh, luxury tax, it's going to be a $500 million payroll. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to fire uh, their GM, Billy Upler. I don't think they're going to fire manager Buck Showalter. I think, I think they will bring in David Stearns, the former GM of the Brewers, to oversee the, all the operations and go from there. Uh, you know, I was just talking to Max Scherzer about this last night. And uh, and Scherzer said, you know, every team has talent, but doesn't guarantee success. Just the things that could go wrong did go wrong, particularly in June. Uh, they played much better in, in July. Swept the Diamondbacks. Uh, first time Diamondbacks been swept all season. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of talent. It would be unacceptable for them to miss on the playoffs. Uh, you know, same with the Potteries. You know, the Potteries have a $100 million payroll that's less. Uh, they went all in on this thing with huge contracts. And, I, you know, you can go pound for pound. I think the Potteries have more talent on paper.
2: What do you think the Blue Jays do in the second half?
3: Yeah, they're starting to play better. Uh, same thing. They've been a disappointment, mild disappointment. So, you know, they need, a, uh, they need their guys to bounce back. Uh, you know, particularly on, on, on the pitching side. Uh we'll see what happens. Uh you know, Manoa's now now he's coming back and uh on you know Friday night. Uh we'll see if he can you know, regain what he did a year ago. So I just think a uh I think to make the playoffs, we'll see. But I think yeah, they've underachieved too. They got a lot of talent. I picked him to win the division and uh, they're hanging around, but they're not just you know treading one way or the other.
0: What do you um? And again, I'm so I'm I apologize for all the general questions. But what do you think is like the most lopsided uh, division right now? What do you think is the most going to be the most competitive division going uh, into the playoff run at the end of the year? Well,
3: well on the top side, you know certainly the uh, nationally West. I mean, you got three teams separated by what two and a half three games with the uh, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Giants. Uh, I don't see the Padres making run for the division. You know, obviously the Rockies aren't. So, I think that would be the most competitive stretch uh, down the way. Uh, National League East, I mean, Atlanta's a superpower. But, yeah, when you have the Mets in the division, Phillies in the division, uh, Marlins in the division, you know, that's that's a tough division. Uh, I'm not saying the AL East. AL East is a superpower, uh, you know, with everybody you know fighting for a playoff spot. But the National League East is intriguing as well. You know, take away Atlanta, you know, who's already got that thing pretty much wrapped up.
0: What um any particular team that you think will be the most exciting to watch? I know uh, like I said, you already mentioned some teams that you expect to show up in the second half of the season. Is it gonna still be the Reds? Is people for the baseball fan out there that maybe be more that may be more of like a casual baseball fan, what you know, what team or group of teams or even like division, if you want to go broader, should they really be looking out for and if they're gonna watch any baseball game what team should they really be tuning into uh second half of the season?
3: Well, by the red, just all the young guys and uh in Baltimore too. Baltimore's called up like five guys the last year, top prospects. Uh, you know, they may be number one on the list, you know, what they're doing. And this team averaged 110 losses three or four straight years there. Uh they got that thing just like the Houston Astros did. And uh since that'd be interesting to see if they go get a pitcher at the deadline. Uh they need another starting pitcher. It's Amazing what they've done, you know, with Green, Ashcroft, and Lodello on the the, uh, intro list. Uh, so yeah, they need to start her bad. But if you got through this painful rebuild, I'm not sure you'd go all in. You know, you make some modest improvements, but I don't think they're going to suddenly trade away their top prospects just to go for this thing.
0: You mentioned Atlanta, um, it's currently top of the NL East right now, of course. Uh, actually eight and a half games above even the second place Miami uh, Miami what I mean what have they been doing so well I know they were probably one of the I think behind I think they actually were the betting favorites coming into this season to win the World Series if I'm not mistaken I mean what have they been doing so well uh, as a team has it been more of the defensive side like the pitching or is it just more their, you know hitting their hitting uh, and their offensive prowess that has gotten them to where they are.
3: Yeah, just all around. Yeah, I'm not sure if they were the favorites or if it was a Mets or uh, Padres, but yeah, right there. Uh, uh, but yeah, just all-around great team. They've had injuries. I mean, you know, Sorokas, uh, you know, uh, all those guys, all their, you know, stud guys have been, uh, all those guys have been hurt in the rotation. But yet, you know, they've uh, managed to, uh, you know, overcome some bad stars by Michael Harrison guys, uh, you know, Nancy Swanson was gone. Um, Von Grissom didn't turn out. And here's Arcia, you know, starting shortstop now in the All-Star game. And Ronald Kuhn, as much as we want to talk about Otani, I mean, he's put up a historic season. I mean, he's got a chance to go, you know, forty home runs, eighty stolen bases, you know, which is, you know, unheard of. Obviously, nobody's ever done that in, in baseball history. But he's a uh, you know, clear cut, unanimous MVP right now. Is
1: there any franchise more cursed than the Angels? I mean, they were playing well all year, and then Mike Trout gets hurt. Shohei so, hey, Otani's still putting up big numbers, but the meme seems to come to life where they both had career games, the Angels still lose. I mean, what's going on with this franchise? Is there any scenario in which they would trade Otani? Because that's been discussed a little bit. Because is there any chance he actually comes back next year?
3: Well, they still like their chances of bringing him back. And their, their view is, even if they fall out of this rest completely, once you trade a guy, he's not coming back. And the Red Sox learned that when John Lester years ago, traded him with the Oakland A's. Lester planned to, you know, stay as a free agent. And, you know, once he found out, hey, life's okay outside Boston, he left. I think they, the, the fear is with Otani, the same thing. So, yeah, it's a, uh, amazing all the injuries they've gone through. Uh, you know, like a cursed franchise back the last 30 years. Just, you know, crazy things that have happened to him. But it's too bad. Yeah, Trout was having a you know typical solid season. He was the one you know behind uh, protecting Otani the order. You know now you're really going to pitch Otani, and you know Anthony Rendon has been a massive bust. Uh, you know he's not performed. Uh, you know one of the biggest you know current busts in all of baseball. Yeah, it's it's a better well-rounded team than we've seen in recent years for the Angels. Uh, so it, it's a shame what's happened because they certainly had a chance to get a playoff berth maybe they still do but they've been struggling lately and now it could get worse
1: who's the dark horse moving forward like is there somebody that we're maybe not talking about right now that you wouldn't be surprised if they're making a big run in October because I mean we saw last year the NLCS the Phillies and the Padres are both sub 90 win teams and the Phillies ended up going to the World Series nobody would have seen that coming is there somebody like that that stands out this year
3: Seattle Mariners could be that team they got the starting pitching uh You know, they're starting to play a little better of late. Uh, You know, just with that pitching, they can ride that thing. You know, Julio Rodriguez, if he starts to play like he did last year, you know, Kelnick, uh, great start, you know, uh, slowed down the last month or so. But, yeah, they got a chance to, uh, you know, sneak into playoffs. They do with that rotation. They can scare anybody to death. So, I like them. We'll see what happens with the Blue Jays, uh, you know, with Manoa coming back. So, but I like you know, Seattle. I think he's got the chance to surprise people.
0: Yeah, and they made a run last year uh, in the playoffs, and hopefully they can do it again. I, I think a lot of people would like to see uh, the Mariners uh, make a make a run. I think they're currently six and a half games back from the division. Um, but if I'm looking right now in the wild card race, uh, I'm not sure where they are in the wild card race. I'm trying to find them. Uh, it's pretty about games. the same. Yeah. Oh, oh, about the same. Yeah. Okay yeah um bob what like any particular storylines that you think people should be paying attention to the second half of the season mlb uh
3: i mean it's fun Not- to see uh guys like uh like a corbin carroll for the diamondbacks and we talk about the diamondbacks but here's a seattle kid grew up 30 minutes uh, walk from the uh you know the ballpark and uh you know now he's good he got a chance i don't know i yeah, gotta look I got to make some calls to see last time a homegrown kid played his first all-star game in his home city. So he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, it be a fun storyline. I think just at the trade deadline, what happens like we mentioned do the Potteries give up, uh, if they have a poor three weeks after the all-star break, trade Soto trade, uh, Josh Hader, uh, you know, what Do the, do the Cincinnati Reds, you know, make a big move to do that. Uh, the Cubs are kind of on the fence, you know, do they, uh, you know, give up or, or, or go for a uh, playoff berth. Uh, and the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers have hit by so many injuries and they, but they got more prospects than anybody. Do so they trade some of those prospects and still try to go for this thing and make the playoffs? Obviously you make the playoffs. I think it helps your chances of getting Otani as well. Otani you know, wants to play for a contender. You know, he may look at the Dodgers, and say, wait a minute, maybe I'll just stay with the angels because the Dodgers didn't make the playoffs either.
0: Do
1: you think no... we're going to continue to see the rise of the popularity as far as maybe the All-Star Game ratings moving up or the postseason going up because of the pitch clock, because of all the newfound momentum that baseball's had this year? It's kind of resonating with a younger crowd in the way that it hasn't for quite a while. Like We've seen the All-Star Game ratings the last couple of years. They're not that great. Postseason ratings are typically pretty good, but do you think that momentum can continue?
3: I'm not sure about the all-star game just because we're, you know, now not without Tohei Otani starting, you know, so you don't have that lead up into it. Right. Um, uh, you know, no Aaron Judge, no Mike Trout. Those are those are big blows. I'm not sure about the all-star ratings. But I would think, yeah, the postseason, uh, the fact you have, uh, you know, best of three now, uh, you know, six teams from each league going in. So the ratings have been uh, up in baseball. Certainly attendance has been up. So, yeah, I would uh, – I would expect that to rise for sure. We'll see about the All-Star game. Any something dramatic to happen in the first couple innings for uh, people to tune in. What's well, better
1: than what they had uh, years ago when they were determining the home field advantage for the World Series based on the All-Star game? What a mess that was.
3: Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't have done this years ago. They kept saying they had to have a schedule out, you know, postseason schedule out by uh, by July, you know, as far as you know who has a home field advantage in the World Series now it's going like it should be, you know, whoever has the, whoever has the best record.
0: Yeah. Who, um, Bob, this has been really fun. Uh, I I love talking with you, giving us so much great baseball insight. Who do you have, uh, you know, making a run in the playoffs to win it all? Who do you have as your world series prediction right now, as it stands?
3: You know, I've made a mistake before by going off what I picked originally. And so I've had pretty good sets last three, four years, luckily, (laughs) I picked. I went on the, a little bit of a dark horse this year. I went to Cleveland Guardians because they were so young, exciting last year. I said, you know what, another year of maturity, and they almost got Sean Murphy. They they thought they had him. he would have made a big difference. So I'm gonna stick with the Guardians. I mean, obviously on paper you would say uh, Atlanta, and I will say a month ago I did make hotel reservations early for uh, Atlanta Tampa Bay World Series. So that's that's certainly possible too. So
0: you think in Atlanta and then Cleveland, that's the World Series.
3: Yeah, I mean Tampa's good, very, very good. I mean, if you said, okay, here's a million dollars, you can pick right now. Yeah, you know, if I go Atlanta, Tampa, I think Tampa is a great team. Uh, Atlanta, is a, you know, powerful, powerful team. So uh, I like those teams right now, just on on paper. But like I said pick Cleveland from the beginning, so might as well uh, stick with them. I think my original pick in spring training was Cleveland and Philadelphia.
0: That's interesting, though. I mean, I don't think many people would pick Cleveland as a AL pennant, <laughs> uh, even contender, to even, you know, even make it that far in the playoffs. But you think they actually have a chance to kind of make a run in the AL side of things?
3: Yeah, I mean, they should have beat the Yankees last year in the, in the postseason, but yeah, a great yeah. young team, great pitching, uh, great manager, Hall of Fame manager in Francona. So uh, I still think they win the division. You know, and you get in the playoffs, who knows what happens. I and mean, we saw that with the Washington Nationals in 19. We certainly saw, you know, like you said, with the Phillies uh, last year. So just get in with the best of three format. It's a little easier, too. You can cough up one game and and still get there. Uh, Seattle had a chance last year. I think if Seattle got past Houston, I think Seattle could have been in the World Series last year.
0: All right, Bob, my last, last question. I forgot to ask you this. Um, in general, how have you liked these role changes so far? have you, are you, um, uh, mirroring the public sentiment as pretty much positive? I mean, overall pretty positive. I mean, the ex- bigger bases, uh, you know, the pitch clock being shorter, obviously the, uh, infield shifting. How, how do you, how, how have you liked these, uh, role changes so far?
3: Yeah, the pitch clock's made by far the biggest difference. You know, I don't think the bigger bases have. (laughs) The shifts really haven't either. I mean, it's not like lefties. It's not like Joey Gallo is hitting 300 all of a sudden and that sort of thing. Uh, Because people are still shifting, but just not as exaggerated. But the pitch clock, just with the speed and athleticism. I mean, it's fun now to see guys stealing second base, stealing third base. Uh, You know, these, these young teams, these young athletic teams and cheap payrolls, you know, they're lighting it up just because they're taking off at every opportunity. So that's the fun part, is just seeing the stolen bases back in action and uh, teams taking advantage of that. And, the, you know, the pace is faster. A lot of times I don't realize the game is that quick until, you know, it's the ninth inning. Like, oh, my God, it's only, you know, two hours, 210. You know, I don't, I don't think, I certainly didn't realize just how slow the game was going. Uh, you know, three hours, you got used to it. Now, sometimes you go, man, the game's already over, same in two hours. We even pro- had a
1: four-hour game this year. We used to have those all no. the time. That was your typical Red Sox-Yankee game.
3: Yeah, no, I don't think we've even had a four-hour game, including extra innings. I think that's crazy. Eight like percent of the games have even been three hours. Uh, yeah, it, it is crazy. I think, my, I think that's why teams like the Houston Astros are saying, you know what, we'll have sales entire game. We're not cutting it off in <laughs> <right>. seven days.
0: <laughs> are you surprised? My last, last, last question. Are you surprised <laughs> that, uh, it's gone so smoothly, just real fast. Just the pitch clock in general. I thought it wasn't going to be as smooth as it was. The transition, personally, I thought players were, and coaches were going to be really complaining about it. But are you really? Are you surprised that the players themselves and the managers have caught on so fast to it?
3: I am. You know, some you know the older pitchers are, are still are adapting to it, trying to get adjusted. So yeah, I mean, I remember talking to Tony Clark and the Union people, and they had a real fear what was going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, it's gone very smooth. You know, you don't want to see a playoff game or a World Series uh, decided by some violation or a big at-bat. The only thing I fear in the postseason is, you know, it's a big dramatic moment. You don't want the guy to feel rushed. Uh, you kind of want to have that drama soak in there. That's the only my only fear. Uh, you know, I wouldn't do you mind to see. Any, do, you any like, like do you expect any
0: leeway? Do you expect any leeway in the playoffs? In the playoffs?
3: Yeah, yeah, like the Trout Otani thing in the WBC. You know, that yeah. you know, Let that moment soak in where yeah. you wouldn't have that in the playoffs.
0: Well, Bob, it's been awesome. We really appreciate your time. Uh, definitely will have you on again. I love talking some baseball with you and bringing your insight.
3: <laughs> All right. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, Thanks, Bob. Bob, you
0: uh, Calmness, USA Today. We'll do this again sometime, okay?
3: Okay, sounds great.
0: All right. Take care. Bye. That interview was brought to you by Philly Drinkers. The Continental Sports Podcast has partnered with Philly Drinkers, the go-to place for the greatest sports clothing that you can get your hands on. They specialize in partying hard and looking great while doing it. Owned and operated by die-hard sports fans, they don't just love sports, they love what sports stand for. Most importantly, they understand that you always want to rep your favorite team anywhere you go, whether it be a sporting event or grabbing a couple drinks with the guys. Their apparel and products always have unique designs and slogans, all while bringing out great vibes. Head to phillydrinkers.com today and get your one-of-a-kind merchandise. Philly drinkers, always party. All right, let's finish up the show with our intakes and outtakes of the week. For my intake, I'm going to get us started here. I'm going to go all the people that were saying Ricky Fowler is back after his performance at the U.S. Open. A lot of people saying they had to see more before they deemed Ricky Fowler back. But I was with the people that said he was back after his performance uh, a couple weeks ago at the U.S. Open. Um, I mean, pretty much solidified his role. I mean, solidified his spot in the Ryder Cup coming up in September. Uh, not there yet, but a win at the uh open championships uh in a couple weeks at uh Liverpool is definitely gonna solidify his uh standing at the Ryder Cup. Last time the tournament was played at Liverpool, uh he tied for second behind Warren McElroy. Uh, like I said, winning this winning in a couple of weeks uh, over overseas uh, is definitely going to solidify his time at the Ryder Cup. Just in general, uh, he finished top 10 in three of his last four events that he played on in the PGA Tour. Statistically speaking, he's actually playing better than Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, and Patrick Kentley. Uh, number 35 in the world golf rankings and number 10 in the data golf rankings, which is you can argue even more important after this, you know, the live PGA tobacco and split. Uh, you can argue that the data golf rankings are actually even more important than the world golf rankings right now. So Ricky Fowler definitely back all the people that were saying that he was back. Uh, you were right. I stand, I stood with you then. And I, of course, stand with you now, of course, just won his first PGA uh, tournament last weekend and, uh, at the Rocket Mortgage uh tournament uh first time 2019. Ricky Fowler officially back. Zach, who's your intake of the week?
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. Ricky Fowler's officially back. Um, my intake this week is everybody that says that Damian Loward has all the leverage because he absolutely does. Eventually he's gonna end up being a member of the Miami Heat. You know, people are talk trying to act like all oh, the owners have control. No, they don't. The owners have no control whatsoever anymore. Um the GMs don't have any control. It's a players league. Like, let's just Mm -hmm. call it what it is. The players, they're going to get what they want. The NBA, it's never been more true. But uh, I guess my outtake would also be, uh, you know, any time Stephen A. Smith tries to talk about baseball, you know, it's like trying to hear him talk about hockey too. You know, know, somebody at ESPN told him, oh, yeah, now you have to care about that. Like, come on. We all know. (laughs) You watch all the debate shows. Nobody's arguing anything about baseball. Nobody's arguing anything about hockey. It's the same five recycled topics over and over and over again. So, you know, I know Stephen A. said nobody cares about the Angels, which he's probably right in that regard, which is a shame because when you have Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani, you should have some people care. But does anybody really want to hear that from Stephen A. Smith? not, Not really. Another yeah,
2: reason why ESPN should start breaking things up. That's
1: right, it's, breakups. Give Stephen A. like more refined roles. You don't have to put him on everything. That just yeah, makes him look bad. Like I don't blame Stephen A. for taking everything because they are paying a guy a obscene <laughs> amount of money, like fifty million a year. Of course, you're going to put him on everything. But Stephen A. has certain things he knows a lot more about than he doesn't, and well, that's everybody, but especially I, the Knicks. <laughs> but we're not getting paid fifty million a year either.
0: Right. i was running at the gym the other day and i saw him on mm. fox news uh oh, giving yeah. his take on uh i guess the supreme court rulings uh uh financial or the student loan forgiveness or what they decided on on that regard so yeah you know, i almost
1: I, picked that as an outtake but we don't talk politics yeah, <laughs> I, anybody who has a, a p- strong opinions on that i just don't i don't buy it like,
0: well i yeah, just go with the stephen a smith though i don't know when he sleeps i mean he 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 has a radio show now too. I I think it's a podcast yeah. that is th- three times a week. I think it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Unaffiliated uh, with
1: the ESPN.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I just premiering on Fox News. I I don't know when he sleeps. I mean, you think he <laughs> would take a break when football season's over, and then especially when base basketball season's over. But nope, basketball season ends. Have to start a pod- podcast three times a week, and then appearing on Fox News. Say as well. what
1: you want about Stephen A. He's one of the hardest working men on TV. Can't it
0: take that from deserves mm-hmm. his money. <laughs> sure. My, out, my outtake of the week. Uh, I'm going to uh, continue on with Damian Lillard. Uh, talk of the talk of the show. Uh, me. That, that's my outtake of the week. Is me. I said last week uh, he was not going to request a trade. Uh, request a trade from Portland. Uh, and I think uh, I think that that show was Friday last week, and then uh, early Monday he ended up requesting that trade. So yeah, uh, only, only a weekend, a couple days, uh, for that take to be wrong. And I was very wrong. I, I thought for sure that Damon Lillard would, Lillard would not want to leave Portland, but, uh, no, I, I was wrong. And, uh, he definitely wants out and he definitely will get out. And it's just a matter of how long it's going to take for that to happen. Okay. Well, good show boys. Um, Thank, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll do this all again next week. Uh, until then, keep on traveling. Is there any uh, predictions, actually, that uh, any of you guys want to run by real fast? Any predictions for the week? Golf coming up? Uh, I think the, we'll have a show before before the All-Star game, I'm pretty sure. But uh, anything you guys want to throw in as, a, as a, something you think of might happening in the sports world uh, coming up this week?
2: Well, for me, the Phillies, I think, are going to continue their road winning streak. That's something to look out for with the Phillies, and they've been winning, I believe, twelve straight games on the road. That's one of that's like their third highest franchise record. So, if they sweep the Marlins, that's like fifteen games, fifteen straight wins on the road for the Phillies.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think we're going to have a show before this happens. I should probably know that, but Novak Djokovic is going to win Wimbledon. Uh, that's not really a hot take, a hot prediction, but I do think he's the dominant player right now. He's definitely not number two in the world, which he's currently ranked. He's definitely definitely number one, saying he's playing the best he's ever played. Uh, he's going to end up coming up winning Wimbledon, but we'll see how, how that prediction holds up next week. Zach, anything for you before we head off? Reds will keep on
1: rolling. They're up two in the NL Central. They've uh, won eight of their last ten games, and this is might be the most fun team in baseball to watch right now. So I think the Reds are going to keep on going. I think they're going to. I think they've got a real chance to win the NL Central, but they certainly will be in first place by the All Star break. I think they'll be in first place minimum by the end of July.
0: Yeah, um, Bob Nightingale also interview with him. He just said that they were the. Most fun team to watch first half of the season, and they're actually going to be the most fun team to watch in the second half of the season. Too. I think so. So, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they can keep on going.
1: Can we just bar, by the way, can we just bar the AL Central from the playoffs? Like, the Twins are 45 and 43, and they're in first place. Like, yeah, <laughs> you You, you got to win at least, I don't know, 87, 88 games. Like, be average to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's – um, Yeah.
2: should but... get the one team that's out of the playoff picture in the AL to – Replace their spot basically. Like let's say the team behind the last wild card should replace that spot, but we can say that in the NFL too with a weak division, and it's pretty much the same thing in baseball as well.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, it it would be cool if in baseball is never going to do this just because they don't really make changes that much. But it would be cool if they would do the same thing basketball does and just do the, you know, the best teams in each. Uh, conference NL and AL mm-hmm. and not really break it up by division but again it took how long just to make the pitch clock change they're not going to make any major changes like that in our lifetime that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's for sure
1: old prediction the Oakland A's are going to be the best team in baseball they're going to win out and they're going to make the playoffs yeah right <laughs> wow. only
0: 23 and a half games out of the wild card I would even take them not being the worst team in the yeah league.
1: they're only a half game behind uh, the Royals
0: Give them some momentum going into uh, to Vegas. Sure. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, good show. Uh, we'll do this all again next week. Uh, but until then, keep on traveling.